How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, are we doing Zoom? I was yeah, we're in Zoom, oh. babes. Yeah. Absolutely bizarre. Maureen's not only completely silent. I couldn't get a word in edgeways, to be honest with you. <laughs> I couldn't get a word in edgeways. Like that's ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Thank you so much to our new patrons, Leonor and Samantha. Thank you so much for becoming bollocks. Well, speaking of you, Maureen, how's your week been, babes? What have you been up to? Oh, I went to Elton Palace. (laughs) What is Elton Palace? It's a palace in Elton, which was a medieval Tudor palace. And then the courtauls in the 30s spent the equivalent of £45 million in today's money to do it up. They didn't even own it. And it's all Art Deco. It's just beautiful Art Deco. Oh, I think I saw you post some pictures and I didn't know what that was. Oh. It's stunning. Really nice grounds. It was too cold for me to enjoy them, so I'll come back another day. But it's part of the card that Jen got me, the Art Fund card. I can get in for free. I was going to say, is this one of the things? Yeah. Yeah. It's used a lot in films set in the 30s and Poirot's and stuff like that. It's absolutely stunning. But it does give you a sense that some people perhaps have too much money. Like, <laughs> it was all mod cons in those days. It's beautifully done. And you just think... Just down the road that people probably living in abject poverty. Thank goodness things like that don't happen today, Maureen. They've changed (laughs) so much. We've really levelled up. It has levelled up. In the evening, I went to see a play called Mugabe, My Dad and Me by Tondere Munyevu. And that was at the new theatre in Brixton, the Brixton House. And then on Saturday, I went into Sainsbury's for a little shop. Unfortunately, somebody had spilt double cream on the floor. I didn't notice. One minute I'm standing up, the next minute I'm flat on my back. 
covered in double cream. My dress is all covered in double cream. Had on an imitation fur coat. Doesn't really go with double cream. And I said to Jenna, I was just flat on my back. I didn't really know what happened. And then people are trying to lift you up and you're like, just let me just lie here for a second because I really don't know what's going on. So that really cheered me up. Look, if it was going to be anything, thank God it was some sort of cream-based uh, fluid. <laughs> we were talking on Saturday and I said to Maureen, I don't have to bring this up, but it's such a shame it wasn't buttercream. <laughs> what an absolute classic callback. That would have been, been, oh, been, been, been so good. It wouldn't have made the whole experience any better. Of course not. No, but no. what a great anecdote at the end. And you'll never yeah. guess it was buttermilk. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was double cream. I'm glad you're okay, Maureen, because that is awful when that happens. I was like really shook up. Yes. Sue them. That's what I said. Ooh. Was it labelled? Was there any warning signs? No, I think it just happened. And there was a guy from Sainsbury's actually... he was had his back. I must have been just unlucky because Sainsbury's usually quite good. And they did look after me. Probably worried I was going to sue them, but I was like... yeah. I'm fine. They're going to pay for my dry cleaning because my coat was just drenched in. And That's the least they can do. I know. Are you kidding? I cheered myself up. I bought Wolf Haas, his latest book, Mule. Didn't you just buy a Wolf Haas book? No, no, I was waiting for it and then I just bought it. Oh, you've just bought it. Oh, and it's hardback as well, It's hardback. £18.95 yeah. it cost me. Oh, my God, that would have stung. I know how much that would have stung, Maureen. No, because it's Wolf Haas, I don't mind spending it. Okay. Well, that's great. That's an actual real journey you took us on there, Maureen. <laughs> and her eyes, I don't think I've ever seen your eyes so filled with love. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to reading that book. You don't need to. I can see it. Oh, Don't wow. do a Bridgerton. Read it bit by bit, Maureen. Don't don't finish it in one night. No, I've got a couple of books I've got to read before it, so... Oh, yes, you're going to let yourself... Oh, yeah, one book like closer to anticipation. Another book closer. I know. It's going to be a highlight. <laughs> Oh. Guys, what were your weeks like? As, as cultural as mine? I mean, I don't have such a journey to offer our listeners. Do you, Alison? <laughs> I mean, I don't mean either. If this was a if this was a podcast episode, this would be one of the episodes. Well, it is a podcast episode because this is a podcast. <laughs> 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 Be more Maureen. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a great one, actually. <laughs> if this were a professional podcast. And this is how I view our own product, is that I forget that people listen to it as a podcast. <laughs> it's because I've been listening to a lot of um, true crime. That's why. Is this a true crime podcast series, Maureen? That would have been episode eight. Oh. There, that, the, what you offered us, which is the bit where we all go, ah! Oh, we're in. Yeah. I'm very much on episode one or two with What My Week. So just sort of an intro, really, of something very dull. <laughs> um, what have I done? i tell you what I did do. I did the spring fair for my children. Chloe has helped uh, sort of, well, I don't know how much she helped, actually, but she was involved somehow. But a mate of mine organised it, and it's a PCA thing to get some money for the school because the school's got no bloody money, as it turns out. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> Schools it... are usually loaded with money, aren't they? No. As a former teacher, aren't they just loaded with money and we pay our teachers so well? I think she's being sarcastic, Maureen. Oh. I'm Canadian, so I use it as well. <laughs> it doesn't come out as often, Alison, so when it, when it comes out, <laughs> it's sometimes true. people don't recognise it. Um, no, I mean, the school is completely fucked, is what I've learned <laughs> since my children went there. Anyway, so they did this school fair and, um, listen, I was on bric-a-brac, OK? I think I did pretty good. <laughs> Due to your expertise? Yeah, people coming in going, well, how much is that? I'm like, I don't know, would you want to pay for it, 20p? Good, here we go. I don't think I was helping, actually, is how I'm going to look at it. I think you're supposed to upsell, not, not downsell. But when they're about three or four years old, it's hard to go, mate, what you got in their purse, yeah? 
It's, uh, it's 75 pence and you'll give me a pound, you little prick. Come on. So you find yourself going, oh, give me 5p and just fuck off. But also don't tell a five-year-old to fuck off because their mum might not like it. <laughs> anyway, I had to do the spring fair. It's quite cold. It's been so cold, hasn't it? Yes. What is going on with the fucking weather? Snowing? Read the room, weather. We're heading to spring. Read the room. We don't want to see you. The weather was freezing on Saturday, so I was outside and it was cold. But actually, at least it was a bit of sunshine. Oh, God, this is one of the most boring anecdotes I've ever told on this podcast. <laughs> but I did that and then I went and did a gig. And by the time I did the gig, because I'd been outside in the cold. Do you ever get this? I was so tired on the way to the gig. And then... The gig was in Elstree in Borenwood, which from Brighton, you can sometimes get a direct train, but if you can't, you can just change in London, which I did do. On the way back, I said to Maureen, it's actually not too bad, the train back, because I'll change at Farringdon or whatever, and then I'll blah, blah, blah. Anyway, boring story short, the train, they made an announcement to say, uh, this train will be stopping out uh, at Gatwick Airport for 30 minutes due to some fucking thing on the line. Anyway, I was so tired at this point because by now it was 12.30. So I was so tired. I was like, oh, come on. Of course, when they say it's half an hour, you know it's not going to be half an hour. That's just the starter. That's the starter time. It's not half an hour. They say that like you do to your kids when they go, are you nearly there yet? And you go, yeah, we're nearly there. They said 30 minutes knowing full well it would be closer to an hour. took me three and a half hours to get home on Saturday (gasps) night. I got home at quarter to two in the morning. Oh, Jen. Oh, my God. I left that gig at (laughs) ten. I was like, like, I'll be home by midnight. Like, if all goes well. Oh. Oh, my God. It was like nearly four hours to get home. I was so tired. Anyway, I don't feel like that had the same arc that Maureen's journey had. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I really feel like Maureen's really had something there. There was a lot that went on. Like I did do were... stuff last week for a change. You did a lot. Maureen, you did a lot, but I did a spring fair. And got stuck on a train. And I got stuck on a train. You did a gig. And I did a gig. Thank you, Alison, for bringing up bringing up my job. <laughs> let's don't forget, let's not... The thing she gets paid for, she did that too. So, Alison, uh, what have you been up to? For God's sake, make it more interesting than my flipping story. Oh, <laughs> look, I don't want to... I got COVID. That's what I did this week. I have gone two something years. I mean, whatever. It's whatever. I'll be fine. I know, big girl. But it's just like, oh, it happened. The time came. Alison, don't feel bad about it. One in 15 people have COVID. Yeah. So you cannot leave the house. And not, and people are like, oh, what if, what if I bump into someone with COVID? Good luck not bumping into someone with COVID. Everyone's got COVID. Yeah, because I thought numbers wise, I was around less people this weekend than I've ever been before. And yet that's when I get it. Yeah, but it's, it's who you're next to, isn't it? How many? How I mean, many? every single event we go to, every day of our job is a super spreader event. I mean, that's what on. it means. That's why I find We're so in shocking. rooms with no ventilation, with people laughing. How have we not had COVID 28 times over? I think I am COVID. I think I'm just, <laughs> I'm covered in it. You're a virus. You are a virus. I am the virus. I'm so sorry. It's me. Alison, I hope you're not feeling too ropey. No, I'm fine right now. I just got double lines. This is day one, everyone. I'll let you know at next yeah. week. How the rest of the week goes, everyone, that'll be fun. Could be a false positive with any luck. I mean, quite possibly, although it was a pretty strong second line. Yeah, and, okay. uh, you know, 
I've done a lot of these. I love doing a test. I like doing a test. I'm into it. And I was like, oh, it's one of these old school ones. Ba-ba, double zing. Do you know what? Sometimes, even though I don't really want a double zing, I think... I haven't had one. I'd love a double zing just to see. Well, I feel like it's happening now. Not right? now. At least... There's a couple of weeks in my diary where I'm like, oh, if I got a double zing on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you won't. You'll get it on the week that you don't want it. Oh, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. I know that. Yeah. But there's like a, you know, in about a couple of weeks, I'm like, sure. Yeah. Let's have it then. Just that sounds good. some weeks really go in there. Take some chances. Spit in each other's mouths. Good luck. <laughs> Well, we've all had what can only be described as one of the more exciting weeks that we've had at WTB. And that's saying something, because as anyone who listens to this podcast regularly will know, we are three dynamite women that live dynamite lives. You're welcome. Maureen, must we? Yes, we must. It is time to hear about Yuppie Abomodinabomet. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, boring. I don't, under- I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. This was at uni, so I must have been like 18, 19, whatever, so a long time ago. So with my mate and I wanted to gate crash this party and she was really against the idea. So I was like, oh, don't be stupid. We'll make up a name. I said, we'll just pretend that somebody called Chris invited us and there'll be none the wiser. And she's like, oh, I don't. So I managed to persuade her. I said, look, just don't worry about it. They won't even open the door. It won't even be them. You know, it's like, it's just they'll be busy. They'll be somewhere else in the room, whatever. So we get to the house. We ring the bell. This person opens. She goes, yeah. I said, oh, Chris said we should come to the party. Anyway, it turns out we were the first to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> And she went, there's no Chris here. (laughs) Maureen, if you're going to pull that one, don't get to a party early. (laughs) But because I think, you know, when you have a part old time and people just have house parties, you're so worried that people aren't going to turn up. They actually let us in because I think they were at that point, they just wanted people in the house. We don't know these girls. Let them in. My friend was livid. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is absolutely brilliant. brilliant. And what did you say after that? Well, I just went in, didn't I? I said we could go in. <laughs> okay. Went to the party. <laughs> sure. I mean, they knew we were lying, didn't they? So Yeah, that's why I would have just sort of gone, OK, I'll go then. But you went, no. no. Well, they said we could go in. Oh, right. OK. So it worked. It worked, didn't it? It did I work. Mean, I couldn't care less. I didn't know them anyway, did I? No. Well, that's the point, Maureen. <laughs> you didn't know them. That is the point. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Wow. Those are situations we've all tried to like uh, get into somewhere that we haven't been invited to or we're not really supposed to be at, but we want to go. But mostly when I get one knock back and I'm like, oh, all right, I'll leave it. Not Maureen. Yeah. All right, then. Well, let's in anyway, because Chris <laughs> did say we could come in. But we don't know who Chris is. No, neither do I. <laughs> I don't either. But can I come in? Uh, I guess so, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> Just mill around someone's house you don't know. It was a party. Have you got any pineapple and cheese? <laughs> Maureen, thank you very much for your Be More Excellent. Maureen moment. Be more Maureen. That was actually very on brand. <laughs> yeah. And I felt, as, as I normally do when you're telling a story, sort of incredulous and slightly, not weirded out, but uh, this is set record straight. I, think, I feel like the last couple of weeks we've gone off and I've agreed with you and it's all not made any sense. But again, this week we're back on to what the effing hell are you doing? <laughs> And what time did you turn up to this party before we move on? 
7pm. I can't remember, but my little tip for anybody wanting to get crash a party is just make sure you're not the first people to arrive. That would be my little tip. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Go to the pub, down a few pints, and then when it gets to, like, whatever time, then gate crash it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we don't go to you, Maureen, for these hot tips. <laughs> I don't know, though. Sometimes I think thinking more like you, Maureen, my life would be a lot happier. Would you? Yeah, why not? There's too much logic in the world. Maureen, I'm jumping on board. Yeah, go on, Alison. Maureen's got her own thing, and that's what we love about her, but not too much. And that's why this bit is over. Alison. Alison, yes, what's the problem? What's the problem, baby? What is the problem? Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. Look, this is one that I think a lot of people are kind of struggling with or have struggled with, especially after the last couple of years we've had. Somebody wrote in, they're kind of on the fence about drinking, whether they want to stop drinking, whether they want to keep drinking, whether they want to cut down drinking. So in general, I was like, all right, how do I cut back on drinking or or being in the process of stopping drinking. I'm in. I'm listening. Tell me. I, this is hard. I know. And look, a lot of people just might be like, oh, I'm turning this off right now. But, you know, I'm not going to be one to say it's got to be all or nothing. I think everyone's in a different sort of situation when it comes to alcohol. So I think, number one, first, what you got to do is you got to take some time to explore <laughs> what your relationship with alcohol is. Okay, what is booze to you? What do you use it for? When do you drink it? How much do you actually drink? These are just things I just want you to toy around with in your head, okay? And be honest with yourself about that. And also think about why it is you drink. Do you drink at the end of the day to relax? Are you a social drinker? Do you like to have a drink at home? Why is it you're drinking? When are you drinking? And how much? Just be honest with yourself. So you, when you go into this, you know maybe a bit more about, okay, maybe I really do want to knock it on the head. Maybe I just want to reduce it back. And also, when you think about these things, it'll help you to figure out how what your approach is going to be to this situation. You might want to give up alcohol entirely, but you might not be sure about quitting completely. I just think complete sobriety isn't a bad goal, but of course, it doesn't have to be the only one. Okay? So let's really remember that. I think, number one, the first thing you want to do if you're going to cut back on your drinking is the people that you spend the most time with, your family, your friends, maybe tell them you're trying to cut back a bit. So hopefully, if they are loving and supportive people, they won't always be putting you in environments where maybe there's a lot of alcohol or they'll be on board if you're trying to change activities that maybe you're doing with them, right? Maybe daytime lunches as opposed to going out for dinner and drinks or something like that. So the sooner you let your friends and family know that you're like, just trying to cut back, I like to think that they'll support you, and then you'll have that support around you. Because I think the more support you have in this, the better. Even at work, you know, like some people were saying, you know, usually on Fridays after work, sometimes they go out for drinks with, you know, their workmates. Well, what about if you're honest with them and say, look, I'm just trying to cut back a bit. Why don't we do a lunch on Fridays? Or can we go check out this bakery? Or can we go, if you try to redirect certain things, people will jump on board. But you do have to try to think about how you want to do those things. 
I would also consider looking at some people that maybe in the past that aren't really drinkers that you haven't really cultivated a friendship with. Well, maybe it's time to like hang out or try hanging out with them or go to a lunch with them. The other thing, too, is the more people that you can involve in your life that aren't drinkers, if you're invited out to a drinking event, you can take your non-drinking friend with you or your reduced drinking friend with you. And sometimes just having that fellow partner can really help. Also, I want to say this, if you are going to go out, because let's be honest, the world is rocking and rolling and you're going to go out and alcohol is a big part of things. Certain things you can do if you're going out, if you're still trying to like cut back. Number one, try to start having your first drink as late as you possibly can. Delay that first drink, okay? Put it off for a really long time. The other thing, do eat. Make sure you go out on a full stomach. Please don't ever just go have a couple on an empty stomach. The more full you are, the harder it is to drink quite as much. So I think that's a big thing that'll help you as well. Alison, you know, it's funny you're mentioning this because I did a gig called Sober is Fun where nobody drinks. There's no alcohol that's served. And it was actually a real laugh. When I was going on stage, I was like, this is going to be a bit odd because it was the afternoon and people weren't yeah. drinking. But actually, it was a lot, a lot of fun. And there's a ton of groups or things that you can do with that are non-drinking based that you can sign up for or meetup groups or just different things that you could go and experience without alcohol. And again, I'm not saying because it's your choice. Here's the thing. You're going to know when the time comes. I did speak to a friend who has cut back significantly. And what he said was for him, the biggest things to remember is think about how you're going to feel in the mornings. That was his biggest thing. He's like, I don't wake up with beer fear anymore. I don't wake up with excessive depression. He's like, these things were things that I had. He's like, when I would drink on the weekends, and even though I didn't drink during the week, because every weekend I was drinking, he's like, I really noticed this. So he's like, I put a mantra in my head. He's like, I said, I'm never going to regret not having a drink. That is a mantra he put in his head. I'm never going to regret not having a drink. He's like, because I never did. If I didn't have a drink, I felt a lot better overall. So it is just finding that place. Also, fill your food with drinks and yummy food at first, because when you cut back on alcohol, you literally will crave sugar like nobody's business. Because even if you're just cutting back a bit, there's a lot of sugar and booze. And if you're really trying to take a step away from alcohol, you also need to have some things that you still treat yourself with. So initially, just like if you want to get into the world of cheesecakes, get in the world of cheesecakes. Give them a go. Do what you need to do to, like, find some joy and excitement in other ways. Load up a ton of, like, movies or shows or something. It's about constantly finding some distraction and filling your time with other activities. These are things that I think will just really help you in cutting back the amount. Again, I just want to say the fact that people have written in about this. Good for you guys for even thinking about it. If you're even thinking about it, then that means you're on the road to developing a good relationship with however it is that you are going to live with alcohol. That's most of the advice I can give right now. Thanks, Alison. Well, that is a tricky one, isn't it? And I think I would say a lot of British people in particular... Um, not exclusively, but no, in particular, no. because culturally, <laughs> culturally, we do drink a lot. It's a real problem that we don't acknowledge in this country, but I think we as a nation have <laughs> a problem with alcohol. And whilst I don't necessarily think that I have a drink problem, I would say that I definitely have a dependency. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe I'm just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> It's not a problem, Alison. I just depend on alcohol. I I, I, I don't see that as... What do you mean it's a problem? Give me the bottle back. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. That's why it's hard to even talk about it because the last thing I want to come across is if I'm, you know, but I'm just, if people are coming to the point where they're like, I feel like I, well, then here's some ways to start to go, okay, can I step away a bit? I think it becomes a habit. You know, it's like anything like like me with chocolate or shoe buns or something. Mm -hmm. You know, I go for like sugar and carbs. Shoe buns. I love a shoe bun. But, you know, you'll go for a glass of wine. It's like a crutch. No, that is exactly a very good comparison and we all have our crutches and I think that that's you know up to a point that that is a-okay I think that a friend of mine her partner he stopped drinking um I think almost like two years ago now and with no intention of stopping he yeah. just said I'm just not going to drink for now I'm not going to drink I'm just going to not going to drink so he did a month and he went I'll just see if I can do Two months, because I feel really good. This month has made me feel better. So I might just do two months. And then in his head, he said, I'm just going to, I'm going to do six. I'm going to do six months. And then he got to a year and he thought, I've done a year and I haven't missed it. And so why would I start drinking again? So he just has never had a drink since. And he said that he never will have a drink. Now, that's not to say he might not fall off the wagon one day. He might. But he doesn't drink. And the way that he stopped drinking was to not think of it as stopping. He's just not drinking Mm. today. That's all he thought. He might have a drink tomorrow, but he's not drinking today. And what your friend said, Alison, I think is the best bit of advice. You never, ever regret not having a drink. You just don't. Waking up in the morning and you've had a good night's sleep and you don't have all the beer fear or the anxiety that comes with the drinking alcohol and you don't have... There's all kinds of, like, side effects from drinking. You know, I get very paranoid or I certainly get anxiety. And... And I never really feel rested. That's the main thing. Hey, the plus side is, I'll have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I have definitely, particularly as I've got older, definitely tried to curb my drinking. And it does feel better not drinking. There's no question. It just does. And I do like to have a drink, but often just the one drink is all I need. The first drink is the best drink and I don't really need any more after that. But yeah, I think that's really good advice. And for our listener who wrote in, I hope that helps. But just know that you're not alone. I think there are lots of us who are going through the same thing. And mm-hmm. and actually just taking it one day at a time might help you, you know, slow your drinking down. Alison Junesmith, I thank you very much. You're welcome. Listen, this is a very efficient podcast, given that the last two have been absolutely just wittering on for hours. And I say that, that's mainly me that does it. But this week, we're doing really well, aren't we? Should we give ourselves a, a pat on the back? Oh, we've done a good job. So Let's congratulate ourselves on our... I'm doing what we're meant to be doing. <laughs> Whatever, Maureen, don't dampen our spirits. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to put It's called being professional, Alison. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's stop wasting time and let's talk about what we saw on TV. Yes. Oh, here she goes. I watched Hacks, the first episode of Hacks. Have you heard of this? No. On Amazon Prime? It stars Gene Smart as a legendary Las Vegas comedian who is forced to hire an ambitious young writer who's been cancelled because she wrote a joke on Twitter that didn't go down well. I love Gene Smart. She's been cancelled. Nobody wants to do anything with her. And so these two, so you've got this older female stand-up comedian who's obviously been on around for a long time, whose shows on Las Vegas have been reduced, and she's got to work with this young thing who thinks obviously she's doesn't really like her comedy and they are forced to work together so I've just watched the first episode is it good it was interesting yeah because I think she's a comedy actress but she did perform stand-up because you know my bet noir about when you see stand-ups on tv is they're so obviously not stand-ups do you know what I mean they're actors this is Maisel yeah oh they're actors pretending to be a stand-up and you're like but you're not doing stand-up I can't watch that show. yeah I couldn't watch it I watched like the first episode I was like I couldn't even try yeah I watched the first two episodes and then I was like everyone's telling me this is the best thing since sliced bread and I'm I'm sure it is if you're not a stand-up I can't get past how bad she is at stand-up it's awful and then she does her first five minutes or whatever and she storms it but the stand-up's terrible so you get this idea she's a very successful las vegas comedian but obviously you know the numbers are going down and they obviously clash these two but then they decide that they're going to work together and that's how the first episode finishes and the first line is there is no line because this young woman complains that she got cancelled and she went no you didn't cross the line she goes it was just a bad joke listen if louis ck receiving a grammy tells us you anything it means that you can't get cancelled. But yeah, it'd be interesting, ladies, if you want to have a watch and see what you think. Because you've seen oh. Jean Smart before, haven't you, Jen? 
I just love her as an actress. I think she's absolutely brilliant. Everything I see her in, she's brilliant. I mean, she was in my favourite show of 2021, Mayor of Easttown. Oh, Mayor of Easttown. She's been in loads of stuff and she's brilliant. And I think she's a fantastic actor. And um, and I think what a great bit of casting because I can totally imagine her playing a, a stand-up. Yeah, and I don't think they're very long episodes. I think they're like half an hour each, which, you know, is brilliant, isn't it? Just 30 minutes. Maureen, as I'm watching you on Zoom... I don't know mm. if you'll agree, Alison, but doesn't it look like Maureen's picture that she has now entered 1970s <laughs> television? Do you know why? Because I haven't got the light on in my room. I've got to go and put the light on, really, haven't I? Maureen, just remind me what the name of it is called. It's called Hacks and it's on Amazon Prime. Great. So that's a comedy okay. recommendation for Maureen Younger. Oh, jeez, oh my... This is the best bit of the podcast, isn't it? Watching Maureen try to get a light from the back of a thing and then... Do it. Oh, I've got it all tangled. Untangle it. I mean, look how pixelated her camera. I mean, I'm sure it is because it's dark, but... But it is. Holy shit. I mean, what? look at her. What is what? going on, Maureen? You've got no... I mean, it does look like a ghost, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not just that. The, the, the whole screen, you look... Do you have a ring light and you never use it? Maureen? Well, it was light earlier, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I've got a ring... But, I mean, we've all got our rings out. Sorry, Alison. Hey, I get my ring out. <laughs> oh, thank God. Maureen, for the love of Christ. I mean, it looked like you'd gone back in time. It did. Now you look like a human. Okay, so, yeah, there is a difference. Is with her hair, yeah. I mean, significant <laughs> oh my God, difference. You look like, now you're a disembodied head. <laughs> oh, yeah. that is an absolute classic, Maureen. You and your disembodied head. This is what we have to deal with. It's testament to the professionalism of Alison and I, frankly, that we had to deal with <laughs> pixelated Maureen Younger. Dude, maybe we should get her to turn on the back because honestly, you kind of just look now and again like a floating head. Turn on the overhead lights. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yay. Oh, full Maureen. It's like a scene from a horror it film. It was. There it? was moments of terror. There Is that better? we go. Yes. Weirdly, Maureen, having a light yeah. on means we can see you. I don't know if you've... <laughs> It's a brand new thing. But it was light when we started, wasn't it? Sure, I know. Yeah. But that's what night... when You know, night time. It's every day it happens. <laughs> well, Warren, okay. thank you for your recommendation. It's a comedy recommendation. I, too, am going to make a comedy recommendation Ooh. because I have been watching a show called Frayed, written by Sarah Kendall, and it's on Sky. Uh, it's on Now TV. And it is so, so good. It's <laughs> so funny. It's basically set in the 1980s in England to start with. And Sarah Kendall, for our listeners, if you don't know who Sarah Kendall is, she's an Australian stand-up comedian. She's so funny. She's a brilliant actor as well. And she's written this sitcom. And she plays this posh kind of like upper middle class mother whose children go to public school. And she has this kind of voice. Hello. And then very quickly, her husband dies while sleeping with a prostitute in a <laughs> some sort of asphyxiation situation. It's oh, wow. as a heart attack. Anyway, this isn't a spoiler. This is basically the opening scene. Kerry Godman plays a prostitute. Very well done, Kerry. And he's dead. And subsequently, you discover he's got loads of debts. He hasn't paid them off. They have no money. And so she has to go back to where she's from in Australia to stay with her family that she has been estranged from for 20 years because she's tried to pretend that she hasn't got this bogan family in Australia. And so she goes back. In England, she's called herself Simone. And in Australia, they're like, who the fuck's Simone? She's like, I don't know, Susan or something. <laughs> anyway, so 
she goes back and I, anyone who's been to Australia, the term bogan will mean something to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's that sort of kind of, I suppose, sort of white working class Australian term. It's not a kind term, by the way. And all that lifestyle that she lived has gone and now... She's with this family and how they integrate and her children now who are teenagers have to go to school in Australia and it's about how they cope being in an Australian school in the 80s. It's really fun. It's got some great, great lines in it and some really hilarious scenes. Not least, watch it for the 80s costume is brilliant. And Sarah Kendall's hair, which appears to be a triangle, an (laughs) equilateral triangle, very good on the angles. It's really funny. And actually, Maureen, I know you're not desperately keen on comedies, but I think you'd really like it. It does sound like my kind of thing, actually. It sounds quite funny. Because I like the Australians because they're just so down to earth, aren't they? They call a spade a spade, so to speak. I mean, there's a lot of that. Um, (laughs) Anyway, that's my recommendation. And if, if you do have access to Now TV or Sky, then... Or if you live in Australia, I'm sure you've watched it because it's on the ABC network. Ah. Because it's a, a, a co-pro, Maureen. Co-production. A co-production. So I can highly recommend that. Alison, horror-wise, what happened? Okay, we? well, horror-wise, guys, I'm taking us to uh, a movie. So I thought, okay, alcohol, trying to cut back, addictions maybe. So I went with an addictions theme. So I chose the 2013 version of Evil Dead for my horror choice. Ah. So the original Evil Dead, great, good. If you don't like gore, if you don't like lots of blood or liquids, do not watch Evil Dead. But the 2013 Evil Dead, quite different. They've taken a whole different approach. And why I liked it particularly because the story is Mia, Jane Levy, a drug addict, is determined to kick the habit. To that end, she asks her brother David, his girlfriend, and a bunch of other friends if they could accompany her to her family's remote forest cabin to help her through withdrawal. Eric finds a mysterious book of the dead at the cabin, reads it aloud, awakening an ancient demon. All hell breaks loose when the malevolent entity possesses Mia. All I'm saying is you want to kick that habit because the last thing you want to do is take your friends out to the woods and get them all possessed. (laughs) Right? That's true. Right? This is why you want to kick that habit. You don't want to do that to your friends. That's worse than COVID, everyone. Uh, For me personally, this is my favorite type of film. I like a genre where six friends go out to the woods. I say make it seven. I'm a part of that party the moment I hear that introduction to a horror movie. Some teens go out to the... I'm there. Let's do it. What's the party? Have they learned nothing no, from a horror film? No, let's go into the woods. Yeah, so this falls into that genre of a particular type of horror that I really enjoy. It's the kind of horror that gives me nightmares, Alison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's teeny, but it is scary, everyone. Maureen... Defo, don't see it. I would never even recommend no, you try. It's not, it's not for more. Did you see the first Evil Dead? Because I saw your face when I was talking about it. No. And you were Okay, okay. Just wondering. Yeah. I've never seen the original, but I, I remember being in VHS stores and seeing the cover and thinking, I don't know if that's for me. But now post, you know, 11 series of The Walking Dead, I think I can do it, Alison. I think <laughs> I can. can. <laughs> a lot more. We have definitely been desensitized to zombies. I and, feel yeah. absolutely nothing. When I watch The Walking Dead, like people's getting their guts pulled out of their stomach and they're in small intestines being dragged behind them. And I'm like, sure, yeah, just another day. We're being prepped well for something, everyone. That's all I'm saying. I feel like I'm ready for the apocalypse. I've said it before and I'll say it again. When it happens and people's intestines are being pulled out of their bums, I'll be like, sure, I'm ready for this. Yeah, seen it, been there, done that, sure. 
Thank you very much, Alison. You're welcome. I'm slightly scared of that one. I respect that. I respect your decision to be scared. Trust your instincts and your guts when it comes to my movie recommendations, I yeah. say, everyone. And maybe yeah. that's exactly what I don't want to see is more guts. <laughs> Let's head over to Maureen Younger and her disembodied head to find out what exactly has cornered her culture. Well, guys, I don't know if you know this, but it's 20 years since The Wire came <gasps> on our screens. My favourite series of all time! Wow. Brett Goldstein bought me a book. It's called All the Pieces Matter, The Inside Story of The Wire. Jonathan wow. Abrams. Have you seen it, Alison? Oh, God, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, my I mean, God. The Wire. Many claim it's the best TV series ever of the 21st century. It's not claimed. It is the best television series of all time. Do you know, I watched it about 12 years after it'd been on, and I remember thinking, it's not going to live up to its hype. It won't be as good as everybody says. Oh, was I wrong? Oh, it my is God. One of the, if you haven't ah. seen it, it's one of the best TV series ever. So good. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I cannot urge, if by some absolutely bizarre fluke, there are people listening to this podcast who haven't watched The Wire. All I can say to you is, I am jealous that you get to watch it because it is that good. It's so good. Do you know what? It's a bit like a 19th century novel. In the, you know, it's got lots of characters. He mentioned something in the first episode that then gets mentioned in season two, episode seven or something. And what is great about it, all the characters, all the characters are so well-rounded. So even the gangsters that normally are just some kind of vague trope, they're all very complex the favourite character of mine, who shouldn't have been, is Omar. I used to love Omar. Omar was everyone's favourite. Yeah. Omar was everyone's yeah. favourite. By Michael K. Williams, who sadly died recently. But brilliant character. And what you find, I think, it viscerates American society. It tears it apart and, by extension, British society. So we sadly follow what Americans do years later. But, like, you know, it looks at gangsters. It looks at politicians, where you realise they're more corrupt than the gangsters. It looks mm. at education, where you realise that the whole point of education is for people to think, to have a critical thought and to be able to think for themselves. And now how we educate our children... We don't want people to think. We just want them to repeat stuff. We just want children to be so bored that when they leave school, they're used to being bored when they go to work. And and that they don't think for themselves. And you watch that and you think, oh, my God, that is what's happening in this country. But the characters were absolutely brilliant and it was so good. It was created and primarily written by former police reporter David Simon. And as I said, if you haven't seen it, I think you're both Alison and, and Jen will be with me. Watch it. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's fantastic. So I thought some other great cop series. Oh, I could talk about The Wire all day, Maureen. I'm not even interested in your other recommendations. I just want to well, talk about Well, tough, because it's my section. So, um... <laughs> Fair enough. So this is another one which I think Jen likes. You can actually see an awful Hill Street Blues, early 80s. Oh, oh super yeah. early 80s. Yeah. I don't really yeah. uh, remember it. Uh, that was my mum, I think. That's where you're confusing, is my mum loved that show. And uh, Hill Street Blues at the time was revolutionary. A lot of what we think of cop series now is due to Hill Street Blues, because at the time yeah. it was all very new. So it deals with the lives of cops in a single police station on Hill Street in an unnamed city. I mean, you, you know, it's presumably LA or New York or one of them. It was like the original Law & Order. Can we say that? Like, yeah. yeah, oh, NYPD Blues. It, it basically yes. set the scene for everything. So it got a lot of critical acclaim. It's W season. It won eight Emmy Awards, and that was only beaten by The West Wing. And what it did, it looked at the struggle between uh, what is right and what is legal, which is now commonplace in all these detective things. And also not all the cops were great some of them were dodgy this was all new and the other thing it did which was very unusual up to then you'd have like crime it gets sorted at the end of the hour and then you go to the next episode 
and there would be no reference to what had gone in the previous episode. It'd be a new crime. For the Hill Street Blues, you had intertwining stories that went over episodes. And I think it was one of the first TV series we'd had previously because you never needed that before. Oh, yeah. Because why would you need it before? Because the story was like all compact in one thing. You know, that's normal in, in TV series now, previously on whatever. So it's a really great series. And it also had jargon. And the way it was filmed, a lot of handheld cameras. It wasn't studio. So it's all very different. And as I say, nowadays, it's pretty normal. You've got to bear in mind, it was in the early 80s. So some of the things they look at, their views, probably not with the mores of today. <laughs> no. Just bear no. that in mind. Not as educated on topics. Yeah, yeah. And also... I used to really fancy him. Captain Frillo, who was like the, the, the captain in charge, and Joyce Davenport would always be in bed at the end of the episode. And in the 80s, it was very daring because you'd see Joyce Davenport's naked back, for example. And in the 80s, that was very risque. So, yeah, so um, you can see that on all four. Another great series based on the book by the same guy who did The Wire was Homicide Life on the Street. Yes. Set again in Baltimore, which was brilliant. Did Homicide Life on the Street come before? It came before. It was in the 90s. I was just going to ask about the main DI in that. Well, you see, the thing was, it was meant to be an ensemble cast, but the main DI was Frank Pemberton. That's it. Played by Andre Breuer, who you mentioned in a film recently, who became the breakout star. So it was an ensemble cast, but he was so good as Frank. And it was very realistic, very dark. Again, it interweaved stories over various episodes. And what was new at the time, and obviously this went on in The Wire, they had a high number of strong, complex, non-stereotypical African-American characters. This was very unusual at the time. And then obviously he did that again in, in The Wire. I didn't watch the whole, I didn't watch it all. It was one of those shows that I think I watched like occasionally. And then by the time the box sets and all of that came out, The Wire was out and I was like, oh, I've already moved on. To yeah, I mean, the thing with this series was it's considered one of the most realistic cop series around, but it, it got messed around in Britain. So it would be put on, I think it was on Channel 4, and they'd change the times, they'd put it on a really stupid time. Mm. And so it never was popular. In fact, Nash Bridges, Don Johnson, was more popular than this. And this is a much better series. So it just, it didn't get the momentum that it should have really got. And the last one, which was also a favourite of mine, was NYPD Blue. Do you remember that? Yeah. I do remember that, but I don't remember loving NYPD Blue. Oh, I used to really like it, and it was set in Manhattan in a fictional precinct. Again, it got a lot of critical acclaim, and originally it was a vehicle for David Caruso as John Kelly, and then he, yes, he, he left, left after his first year to be a film star. And that. and that never happened. And then he came back with CSI Miami. And then, so what you got was David France as Andy Sipovitz, who was the most unlikely hero of it all, because this gruff kind of cop. But I used to really like it. Sipovitz was a great, great character, and it was very popular so um, those are four old school cop series if you want to have a look at I have one I want to add to your series that I think you would enjoy Maureen actually have you guys heard of Treme no oh Treme is the David Simon yes that's after The Wire yeah yes oh is it and if you liked The Wire I think you would love Treme Treme almost got overlooked because of The Wire it's, Treme it, is just about after New totally, Orleans totally and what happens and culture and like the whole if you like The Wire You'd like Treme, T-R-E-M-E. Uh, Jen's a great fan of The Shield as well, aren't you? Uh, no? I don't love it. I mean, I was watching it, but uh, the... The lead character's a bit unlikable. It's too much testosterone for this lesbian, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it basically shows that cops are completely corrupt and are often more corrupt than the people that they're supposedly catching. Wow, have we moved on from those days. <laughs> <laughs> Maureen Younger, thank you very much for your cultural corner. We have very much enjoyed it. Ah, oh, we've done so well with the podcast this week. I just... We have. I mean, we would have done better had Maureen switched her fucking light on. Because, yeah, that's really important in a podcast. It w- <laughs> <laughs> but we're Maureen, going visual now. We're, we're going visual. visual. 
We're visual it's now, Maureen. It's a visual Maureen. medium now, Maureen. You know that from your last reel. Yeah. Huh? We'll just show a clip with the lights on. Oh, God, you're limiting the clippage, Maureen, with your light situation. <laughs> Look, right, it's the end of the podcast. And it's my favourite. It's my favourite time, Jen. Well, the end. <laughs> yeah, but also because we talk a lot of stuff. But what I want to know is what the hell is getting your goat, Jen? Yeah, because you missed out last week. lose my shit over th- okay this is it right let's go it's happening now <laughs> I cannot handle this <laughs> I did miss out and I was absolutely devastated Maureen that you took away the only section of the podcast that I have you already have two and somehow you had three last week <laughs> so I'm I'm fighting back with my one section <laughs> I listen to, as people that listen to this podcast will know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I want to talk to people that present podcasts and just say, there are some people who present podcasts. I'm like, do you ever listen back to the way you sound on the podcast? <laughs> Several things I can't bear. Just a monotone where somebody is talking and they just talk like this and they don't ever change the way that they speak. That for me, is a big no-no. Other thing, if you have a sticky mouth, just rinse it. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. I do know what you're talking about. That sticky mouth where you can hear the spit in someone's mouth. It's like, yeah. I've got my earphones on. It feels like your sticky mouth is in my ear roll. I don't like that. And i tell you what I also don't like is the... I call that old people sound. It's called vocal fry, okay? Now, I have been told that this is something that women suffer from, but I'm going to tell you a little something. Everybody that I've ever complained about vocal fry have been men, okay? They have terrible vocal fry. It's not a woman thing. It's a person thing. And actually, the ones that have annoyed me the most are men. That's what's been getting my goat. If you're going to do a podcast, have a little bit of intonation, put a little bit of personality behind what you're saying. And if you've got a sticky mouth, rinse your mouth. These are the basics. These are just the basics. Okay. We're not professionals per se. We're just women (laughs) doing a podcast. Okay. And yet we all understand that there are people listening to it. I'm not going to say the podcast. Okay. But all I'll say is that there's this chap who presents a podcast. It's a true crime one. And he's got an Australian accent. No disrespect to anyone that's Australian. The Australian accent isn't the problem. But when he speaks, he talks like this. And he sometimes pauses for no reason. And it drives me absolutely crazy that even though I am enjoying the content. I cannot bear his fucking voice. So I've just had to stop listening to it. I've had to stop listening to it because it was so unbearable. I I don't understand. It's one of the most popular podcasts at the moment. It's like at number three in the charts or something. This guy's voice. I'm like, who is putting up with that? How can you? It's just unbearable. Anyway, so that's what's been getting my goat. It's a minor thing. And actually, it might just be me. There might be a lot of people going, I know the podcast you're talking about, Brista. And actually, I love that monotone. It helps me go to sleep. And actually, I find it very comforting. I, on the other hand, there's no other way of saying it. It made me viscerally angry. There, I've said it. Viscerally angry. 
Maureen doesn't listen to podcasts, so she's got no strong feelings. She is not. She's never. And you'll never guess what else, Maureen. When they talk it, they serve it on a slate. Can you believe it? <laughs> Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Will that do? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.